Welcome to episode 19 of the At Bat Baseball podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with Miles Porter. How are we doing today, man? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, we have we got playoffs coming up. Won a good game this weekend, came back and walked it off. So that feels good. And, you know, we're going to the playoffs. Feeling confident. You know, I have to miss the first game because I have a very close friend, a friend of mine's wedding, which I'm very excited to go to. So, you know, I'm hoping that we were able to pull it out the day I'm out there and I'll be I'll be good to go the next day. Yeah. And, and uh, how did your weekend go like stats wise? Like what did you did you get any uh, big hits or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, nice little <laughs> definitely better than, than the weekend before. Good Lord. Um, but, you know, nice little nice little two for five. And, you know, in that last inning uh, when we were down by two, I was able to, you know, get that lead off hit. That's kind of started the rally for us to come back and beat a team that's won seven games in a row. Um, so you know that that feels that feels good. Um, a lot of confidence right now for all the boys. So want to try to finish this season as strong as we possibly can. And uh, when's the All Star game? Or did the All Star game happen already? So the All Star game was actually rained out. Ooh, it was okay. rained out. So you know the league is saying that they're going to try to make it up. I think that's going to be kind of hard, but. You know, a lot of players going back to the schools or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and that might be kind of hard, but you know, I know I'm an all star. I know everyone else who, who you know who was picked to be on this team. Everyone's an all star, even though the game didn't happen. It's okay. It's okay. That's true. That is true. Uh, yeah. Uh, as you know, uh, I spent my week. We were talking about it. Spent my weekend uh in Miami. Um, oh, as you yeah. can tell, if you can tell by my voice a little bit, it's a little. You know, it's a lot. A lot of yelling and uh, a lot of laughing caused this so uh it's you know you know it's from a good time but um you know it it is what it is try to try to push through because it's a big episode today man so we got a lot to talk about with the cubs and the white Sox, uh with the the trade deadline went down and um a lot of stuff that broke especially literally just minutes before this podcast uh started recording with tim anderson chris sale type stuff like around the league um and of course with one of our biggest if not the biggest guests we've had on this podcast and that's MLB Network's Robert Flores. Now, I'm super excited for that. I mean, cannot wait, uh, cannot believe I was able to get that. Um, but uh, it, you know, with, with you know, I, I always say with how young our podcast is, uh, getting any type of guest is a big deal. But a guest like him, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So that'll come later in the show. Um, we'll start off with the uh, White Sox, who are 53 and 52. They beat the Royals in a series, uh, two games to three. Uh, and then they ended up splitting uh, two, or excuse me, four with uh, the Rangers. Uh, they had an, another positive week. Uh, they go four and three, They but uh, they only gain a game in the standings. Um, still, they're sitting at uh, two games behind the uh, Twins in the Central. Um, in the wild card, uh, they are three games uh, behind that third spot. It's the Mariners. Right now, it's Blue Jays, Rays, and Mariners. Um, but, yeah, to go over, like, the series and uh, what happened, um, you look at um, – or just or just in general, you look at uh, – before I go into that, is just look at the way the division has been uh, over the last few weeks or even just the second half of the season. And I look at, like, the schedules for Minnesota, Cleveland, um, and the White Sox and their schedule all, all look the same, like win, loss, win, loss, or win, win, loss, loss, you know, it, it's super inconsistent. And uh, I feel like that's probably how it's going to go down for the rest of this, uh, of the uh, season. And um, 
obviously, like I said, we'll talk about Tim Anderson's injury. That might affect the race. Um, but yeah, we'll start off with uh, that series uh, in Kansas City or against Kansas City, uh, where Giolito gives up two runs in a nine to two win. Uh, then Lance Lynn uh, takes down KC and Jose Abreu homers in the four to one win. Uh, they were able to win, like I said, two games out of three in a series they should have they should easily have. Then they played the Rangers. Now this was you know a series I was saying over the weekend. I'm like, there's another series the 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 Sox have to have again. Like it's another beatable team, got to do it. And once again, it was just 2022 White Sox baseball and not being able to capitalize on a, on a, on a favorable series and win that series. They ended up tying 2-2. Uh, Cueto, uh, excuse me, in game one, the Sox lost uh, against the Rangers 3-2. Uh, the former first rounder uh, de- uh, debuted for the Rangers, Cole Reagans. He, uh, he won five strong innings. Um, then in game two, uh, Johnny Cueto, once again, doing everything Johnny Cueto can to ha- get the Sox uh, a win, uh, three earned runs. Um, and you just can't say enough about this guy. I mean, he's got 2.91 ERA, a guy that had a minor league deal with the Sox, and now he's, you know, going off. Um, and then Dylan Cease, once again, uh, Dylan Cease things, literally unstoppable. Um, he, you know, goes off and uh, – he might even go on in a Cy Young run. Uh, he yep. goes uh, one run in six innings. He did walk three, as we, as I've always said. You know, it's like the, his Achilles heel is the walk. But um, yep. as long as he can, you know, keep it lower or get, you know, get better on that, he'll be fine. Uh, Eloy hit an eventual game-winning home run in that game, uh, and then um, in the third meeting, uh, Dane Dunning had his revenge game, I guess you can say, um, as yeah. he as he went seven shutout innings against the the, the Sox in the eight nothing Rangers win, and then in the finale, Giolito gives up one run in five innings. Uh, Sox crushed Rangers pitching; they had five, fifteen hits, eight runs uh, to earn a series split. So a silver lining there. At least they got to to do that in the last game. Andrew Vaughn hit his fourteenth home run um, after a rough rough July. Uh, he had he's 11 for 26 in August. He's slugging 654. So great to see that. Um, the one thing we'll start off with uh, Giolito, like he's starting to look a little more like himself. The last yeah. few starts, yeah. um, it, it has been a rough go. Um, overall, um, he's still walking guys in general. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's it's been the 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 Sox thing really in general. I said it was Dylan Cease's Achilles heel, but really. It might just be the whole Sox's pitch, the whole Sox pitching staff, because they are they have the fifth highest uh, walk rate in the league, um, and that you know just shows in, in guys like Giolito and Cease that they're struggling uh, to find the strike zone sometimes against these guys. Um, but yeah, you you take every small victory you can with Lucas Giolito. What's what sort of the things that you've been seeing with him, um, and just with the Sox rotation overall when it comes to that with the walks and all that stuff. What 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 do you think? Yeah, so I, so I, I think that there is a, a somewhat of a fact that they are trying to balance out attacking hitters and being careful in which they do attack hitters because as we see, there, there are starts from every single person in this rotation. There, there are starts that I look at and I'm like, absolutely. I love the way you're attacking these hitters. Not, we're not afraid to go at guys. Now when, you know, sometimes – you can, you can visibly see it, and specifically sometimes I see with Giolito, there, there can be discomfort, and not always from a physical aspect, but um, the way he is 
kind of dancing around hitters. I think that is one of the things that, that, you know, he can be better at. Um, and I think really a lot of this rotation is general. I think I, I like when these guys attack. I really do. I don't like when, when they're dancing around hitters. I think that this rotation is aside, obviously from, you know, Dylan Cease and Johnny Cueto, I feel like there's been a lot of underachieving going on. Um, I just, I respect when they are attacking hitters more. Um, you know, obviously they don't want to, they don't want to give up the long ball or give up any extra base hits. So they're kind of, you know, pitching around guys, but I think go at hitters, go at hitters like you guys have been doing. And in many cases, especially when I look back on last year, um, you know, I, I, I'm really hoping, hoping for a, I'm not going to say a different mindset, but there's one thing that the Sox can improve on is that because offensively, I think they've been a very dominant team, especially over the past week, especially since the all-star break. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, I think for the white Sox, this is who they are pretty much, um, you know, and, and I, and I said it back in the beginning of July, there was a time to turn it around. It was then, um, but you know, here we are. So I think, I think if there's one thing that the Sox can improve on and maybe kind of build some momentum going into September and, and the playoffs aren't looking all that great, that's something to go into next year feeling good about is the offense and, you know, kind of change the philosophy. I'd be, I'd be telling my guys, Hey, go right at, go right at it. So no, that's what I think on that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of, um, as much as it's been negative, so you can take the positives, whether it's yeah. the next year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for them, I think it's like, they got it right there in front of them. They just got to execute, but it's been, that's been obviously right. the problem uh, for them all year. Right. So they, they know what they got to do. Uh, the goal is right there in front of them, but they haven't been able to, you know, you know, close it and, 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 get the job done so yeah. um one guy who has been able to get the get the job done lately has been Eloy Jimenez I mean the dude is absolutely raking he's one of a couple of socks raking um he has a 1477 OPS his last 15 games and and what makes what kind of makes me wonder is where would they be you know where would they be if they had Eloy the whole season um and not have any, yeah not have him you know injured for most of the season that would have been I think big because he's playing like Eloy Jimenez should be playing right now, you know, yeah. gap to gap, hitting bombs, you know, being clutch. So, and then also not only that, but Jose Abreu is also killing it and just having him out there and, and Eloy, you know, just carrying the offense uh, just shows at the Sox could he easily win that division if they execute everything right. And, they, they just have the pieces to do it. I think that's one of the reasons why, and we'll get into it, obviously. Yeah. They stayed pat at the trade deadline. And yeah. then whether it's a good decision or not, we'll get into that. But for them, I, that's probably why they did it. Um, and, of course, now, as I, as, I, as I did mention a little bit about Tim Anderson's injury, Tim Anderson is now, is now out four to six weeks uh, with a torn ligament in his hand. So that is, that is I mean, colossal. Like it's a huge loss for the Sox. Obviously, they're captain on the field. That guy, you know, gets gets it done day in and day out on the offensive end. You know, it goes hard on every play. I mean, this guy is the heart and soul of the White Sox. And to lose him for four to six weeks in a pennant chase like this, um, in, in such a tight race like this, um, I don't necessarily know what the Sox are gonna have to, you know, gonna have to pull out uh, out of their pocket to to fill in for there. I mean I think it it kind of capitalizes more 
this uh, performance by Eloy and uh, um, and by Jose because it, what they're doing now is what they're going to have to do for the rest of the season because uh, it's gonna it's it's a huge loss with Anderson. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on on, on the loss of uh, the All Star shortstop man? Yeah, yeah, that's that's terrible. That's terrible for a team that is trying to trying to you know put it together to some capacity, and that's a huge loss for them. And and, and you just you just hope that you know um, that this is the minimum amount that he's going to be out. You hope that four four weeks is the minimum that he's going to be out. Because um, what Tim Anderson is one of my favorite players, and he's not just good for like the the White Sox it's amazing how much he's good for just the game of baseball in general um and specifically you know the city of Chicago what he does uh for the city of Chicago is is you know the way he inspires so many young players who look like him or look up to him you know you cannot say enough about him so it's this is one of those things where it's it's unfortunate but you know I do look at you know they still have a very very powerful lineup and Jose Abreu and, and, you know, and Vaughn up there and Luis Robert as well, who's hitting well. They have a lot of pieces still to succeed offensively, but this is, you know, you're losing a 300 hitter. That, that regardless of how many other 300 hitters you have or, or 290, 280 hitters you have in your lineup, you know, one less is going to, is going to make a difference. It is, um, especially when you have a leader like that on the field. So hope, wishing him a speedy recovery. And this is just, this is this is terrible. It's terrible. White Sox season already has been, you know, not not the greatest. And this is just another piece where it's like, oh man, this is they cannot they, they can't catch a break. So, you know, I'm fingers crossed that he comes back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, it, it is true. You make a great point there, and that it's just not not just a loss for the for the Sox, but a loss for baseball in general. Yeah. Um, and it really is. I mean, this is one of those guys that you know, the face of the bat flip movement, and guys just showing your emotion and uh, just doing your thing, and, and not have to having to worry about you know, uh, the old heads and you know type thing. You know, it's like, yeah. um, it it really is uh, uh, you know, a terrible loss, and and they they will you know. I think have a lot of guys step up just like Eloy and Abreu, but will it be enough yeah. is the question. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that if it really, I think a lot of the problems this year have, have as you mentioned before, have stemmed from the pitching. So I think yeah. if the pitching can, you know, do its thing, if, if everyone can follow Cueto and uh, Dylan Cease and uh, Gilito can do his thing and Lance Lincoln can do his thing, then, you know, everything will work out, you know, and um, yeah. the, obviously, one of the things that has stood out in the last week is that they stayed pat in the in, in the trade deadline, and they really just got uh, uh, Deakman from the Red Sox, um, the re- lefty reliever, um, and everyone was a little bit distraught, I guess you could say, because yeah. I mean, yeah. you really expected something um, from them, and as I said before, I think they're just it, they're, their thing is is just banking on their talent, they're banking on the guys they got, and I think yeah. that now that Tim Anderson's hurt. Um, that really kind of backfires now and it kind of like, man, like you should have gotten at least one bat or something. No. Um, but yeah, the way I, for me, I was, I didn't, it didn't make any sense why they stayed pat for me just because like, I think that all they needed was like a, a, a bat or a, uh, they got the bullpen piece. They needed at least something in there. Um, but they needed a bat and they, they you know, they could have gone out. They, like a lot of people said, Oh, Ian Hap's a perfect fit for them or, or um, you know, uh, Ben Benintendi obviously went to the, the the Yankees, but 
Um, they had plenty of options, uh, even some cheaper options that they, you know, they didn't have to give up too much. Um, and they, and they just didn't do anything. Obviously the rumors were that they went for Otani. Um, but obviously came out a couple of days ago that like the angels were not ever serious about dealing Otani, at least in this deadline. So I'll take that with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the Sox uh, staying put for this trade deadline? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, th- I think it is a little bit disappointing. I think, you know, that maybe they could have added another bat. I think adding another supportive arm in terms of the, the rotation or the bullpen in general would have been great for them. I, I do understand this. And at the same time, I understand why they stayed put. Because when you look at this team on paper, um, it should be very dominant every single time. Um, from, from you look at the year that Lance Lynn had last year, then, then you look at Dylan season, the year that he's having, and then Giolito as well. Uh, and, and then Cueto doing his job. And then, you know, Lee, Liam Hendricks being the closer that he, that he's been along with a few other arms in that, in that bullpen, you can understand a little bit why they would stay put, but then you got to look at the, the performances of this year alone. Um, so I think, you know, they, they didn't do themselves the justice of, uh, you know, of, of not adding someone. I think they should have added something. They should have done something. It was legit kind of nothing. Um, not saying nothing to, you know, to, to, to Deakman coming over. That's not what I'm saying. But in terms of just making a few more impactful moves, I, I think that would have been great for the White Sox for a team that has been you know, 500, 500 the entire year. Um, they have not found any consistency, so maybe a little extra umph would have been the difference maker. But I don't know. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it, that's pretty, pretty much what you heard about so- from Sox fans. Is just like they just needed something, man. Like it's not even yeah. they're not asking for too much, but they 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 wanted something uh, to you know kind of give them a boost this season, yeah. um, kind of give their offense a little bit of a bump. But yeah, I guess you know. We'll see. It literally is like a see, see what happens type situation with the Sox and see if those guys can continue hitting and uh, see if that translates to wins. Um, they obviously have, um, uh, you know, the rest of the week uh, with another favorable uh, schedule where they face uh, the Royals for four uh, three, and then three against Detroit. They actually have a doubleheader yeah. uh, against the Royals. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. And then they play three uh, against Detroit. So, it's seven games, seven winnable games, um, and hopefully the Sox are able to, you know, take advantage and uh, see where that Tim Anderson injury goes. Hopefully, um, that's just, um, a, you know, an estimation. He'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll move now to the Cubs, who are 43-63. and 63. They were swept uh, in St. Louis 3 to nothing, And then they got a win versus the Miami Marlins. Uh, two games out of three on um, that series against St. Louis. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, it would be nice to uh, play spoiler um, and, you know, get, you know, be able to uh, take down um, the Cardinals and they played well against the Cardinals, the Brewers. We said that before, um, but it just didn't show up this series whatsoever. I mean, the, the Cardinals were able to uh, take care of the Cubs um, easily um there a six to nothing in the opener um and then on thursday they had a double header um uh, the cardinals won four to three and then seven to two in the end uh the third game um yeah i mean in that cardinal series i mean look 
the Cardinals starting to play better baseball. They're starting to look like they are the real deal for the NL Central. Um, obviously, uh, at the trade deadline, uh, that Josh Hader deal was a big was huge, and Josh Hader went from from Milwaukee to San Diego. A lot of people were puzzled about that. Um, and it's been, I think it's going to make a big impact on the central, not to say that the Brewers don't have a shot, but I think that the way that the, the Cardinals went out there and got Jose Quintana went out and got Jordan Montgomery, uh, they, they really, you know, filled in those spots in their roster and they're primed for an NL central run. This is their time now. I mean, they just, they're on a seven game winning streak. They, you know, they, they swept the Cubs, they swept the, the Yankees, um, so it's, uh, it's, it's starting to be, uh, this race in the NL central. Um, I think, uh, and, and it's funny because we talked about this before. We're like, Hey, these guys make some moves. They're going to leave one of their teams, one of those teams behind, and, you know, and, and it looks like the Cardinals might leave the Brewers behind. Um, so, um, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that in a sec, but the, the, the next series the Cubs played was against the Marlins Cubs, uh, hosted the Marlins, um, in the first game Contreras, uh, he he of course made his first appearance at home since uh, not being dealt. Um, he had a two-run home run in the eighth inning as the Sox beat, as excuse me as the Cubs beat the Marlins two to one. Uh, and then in uh, the second game, uh, the Cubs won four to nothing. Um, Drew Smiley uh, had had another great start. He went six and two thirds, uh, struck out four, and uh, gave up no runs. The Cubs beat uh, Pablo Lopez, so that was a good win there. Um, and then in the finale, uh, Cubs were just not able to solve uh, Jesus Lazardo. I mean, he's just um, one of the you know young talents that the Marlins have in that rotation. Um, and he, yeah, he and he did his his job. Adrian Sampson um, had uh, another solid start for him. Unfortunately, on the losing end of things, um, and the Cubs, of course, win that series two games to one. Uh, yeah, but from from the past week. Um, uh, and we'll get into the trade deadline stuff of what the Cubs did or in, in, in the bigger news, what they didn't do. Um, but well, how do you feel about the weekend and how do you think that um, the Cubs played against the, the Cardinals and uh, the Marlins? You know, those are, those are two series that went kind of the way you expect them. You know, you, you expect the Cardinals to give you a bit of a hard time. Um, but, you know, against the Marlins, you, you probably can compete a little bit better. You know, not too surprised. Not too surprised about what I saw there. Um, I loved this team is always is always showing fight. Um, even when they're getting their butts kicked, they you know they still go out there and do their job to the best of their ability. So you know, when I look at when I look at the the Marlins series, you know, that series went the, that that's still very promising. You know, I'll take two games from any time. Um, Jesus Lazardo is extremely nasty, extremely good stuff. And, you know, he's a very talented pitcher, and I think he's actually better. I think he's still developing as a pitcher. So, you know, just lots of lots of goods, lots of good things to take away, I think specifically for when the Marlins were in town. Um, so I, I love that Wilson isn't gone. I love that Ian Happ isn't gone. Um, Wilson has had a lot of impact. He's had a lot of impact, um, you know, since the trade deadline. Uh, so I think that is one of those things that you look at is something to feel good about. Now, for what happens in the offseason, we don't know. But for now, we're able to enjoy these moments with Wilson, with Ian. Uh, we also know that Jason Hayward is no longer going to be a part of the club anymore. I think for, for, for any Cubs fan, it's just enjoy, enjoy moments right now as much as, as much as you, know, you possibly can. This is, obviously, this isn't a season that's going to be 
talked about in years from now, but this is there. We can just appreciate the game for what it is when it comes to the Cubs. So any sort of little victory, any sort of little things, you know, players' relationships with the fans or, or well hitting a home run or whatever the case may be, or Wilson ended the game with a strike him out, throw him out to Nico Horner. Enjoy these moments. These are still these are still good things to smile on, smile about. And that's really how I look at these last two series is this, there's always great things to take away from. This team is going to have ugly moments, but they are, they are, you know, there's still so much great that has come out of the season. And there's a lot also to address in the offseason. And I think these two series are kind of what the Cubs have been the past few years. Yeah. I mean, it, that's definitely what I try to do. Like, you know, watching these games, watching, watching this season is just enjoy the, 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 small victories you can get in, in this, in, you know, a bad season like this. Um, and it, you know, any, and I feel like every winning series has something positive and it's like, you know, Wilson and Hap are back um, and enjoying their time with the Cubs and, and I'll, I'll use it as, as a transition just to kind of, uh, you know, get into the, what happened in the trade deadline what I think, you know, happened at the trade deadline, how I feel about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they, they ended up obviously not trading Contreras and Hap, um, and they, you know, they ended up, you know, dealing plenty of other guys, you know, F. Ross, Chris Martin, but the big fish, the estate. And I think um, they try. They, they said that they just couldn't find the right package for them. Um, and I think that, um, I mean, I believe that. I, I believe they couldn't find the right package. And I think that what, what factored into that is Juan Soto going to the Padres. I think that's probably yeah. what factored in the most is because, you know, the Padres wanted him. Um, they or wanted Contreras, they wanted uh Hap, they wanted a package of those two guys, but I think they saw an opportunity to get Soto. Um, and you know, they they went for it. Same with the Dodgers, um, uh, they were interested in Ian Hap, um, they, they were more interested in Soto, the Mets. Um, I don't know necessarily how close they, they were in particular to getting Soto, um, because I like I said before, I don't know if you know the, the Nationals would do that. Um, you know, trade uh, to their division rival. Um, but they also were interested in Contreras and just ended up, it ended up not, not working out. Um, is it a positive? Um, I think that for 2022, it is. I think that for 2022, it gives us um, a little bit of hope in, in that maybe they'll be able to extend at least one of them. Um, uh, I don't think both will be extended as much as I hope that would happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, uh, but I, I do think what, what it will happen is that they'll try to extend Wilson Contreras. They'll try to, or try to give him the qualifying offer. He won't take it. He'll sign somewhere else and then we'll get a compensation pick. That's probably what it's going to happen. Um, I just think he's, he knows his worth. I know he's going to get, he's going to get paid um, yeah. even if it's not by us. And then I think, even if it's not this year, because Ian Happ will still be with us next year, um, I I still think the Cubs will extend Happ, maybe even next year. I, I don't I might I don't even think like it, it, it doesn't matter if he's has an All Star season next year. I think he's such an uh, uh, an important part of this team because of how versatile he is, the positions he plays, kind of the no. kind of the uh, the type of role he plays on the team. As much as Wilson is, you know, that guy, because he's a vet, you know, he's been doing, you know, been an all-star, done all that. Um, it's just I think he probably 
prop. I think at the end of the day, he's going to take that big contract. Deservedly so. Absolutely, you know, uh, fine with that. I think um, as much as we, I want the Cubs to pay him, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and yeah, but um, very. It was really weird because of the fact that like we said we had say we had said goodbye to these guys basically already, um, and to have them back uh, was yeah. a little funny, but um it, it kind of uh all's well and ends well right yeah yeah it kind of, you know it shows the relationship between the players and then the fans and i think i think it was actually kind of cool because you know we, we we went through this last year um so so i think you know there's the, that that those emotions right there and just you know just yeah i i I think it would have been it would have been you know another another tough adjustment for fans to see another beloved World Series member on another squad, um, and I know it's very unlikely that we will see both of them. And like you said, I think at least one of them, specifically Ian Happ, is going to stick around. Um, I just I think one of my biggest issues with with this ball club is that we we have so many we we've had so many great prize possessions and players and what they do for an organization. Um, sometimes even beyond the stats, I, I, I guess one of my issues with it is that I think, I still think that there are certain Cubs right now, former Cubs that should still be Cubs. Um, and even with a season like this, even if we had some of these guys around specifically, I'm hinting at Anthony Rizzo, I think, you know, we would still be able to get a lot in return. I I know there's a lot of metrics that go into getting rid of certain talent when, when you're having a bad season and when you're rebuilding. I know that there is a lot that goes into that. But I think one of the faults of the Cubs is that although we know that this is a business, there is still a lot of value in these guys who have stuck around. Look at the Cardinals. How long, Yachty and, and Wainwright have been around for a very long time. Look at the Reds. Joey Votto, he's still there. He's still there producing and being a leadership. And, and even he's having a down year. But I think that organization, someone knows his leadership and his experience next to his talent, it, it is something that there, there are no numbers that anyone can give me that is like, you know, it, it's worth getting rid of a player like that. Um, and so I think, I think that's one thing that, you know, is kind of frustrating for me is because we do have these kind of players that can have that kind of, that kind of impact. Um, but to just can constantly get rid of, you know, what used to be our core, um, <laughs> and get back, pro get back prospects, which I think is very important. We're not even taking care of the prospects very well. And, you know, I've said it on the show. I've talked about it with friends. You look at how a few of the minor league guys are doing right now, aside from Pete Crow Armstrong and, and, you know, one or two other players. Guys are injured. Guys are not playing very well. If we're going to send players out, you know what I mean? If we're going to put away the morals and, and just look at the business aspect, do it right. And, th and th that's where my issue with all this comes in because – I think what Ian and Wilson bring to this Chicago Cubs team is beyond any stats or any metrics that you can really, you know, put out there. Yeah. And it, it does. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, like, 
it's funny because I kind of think about it sometimes too. And I'm just like, this is something that maybe like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, nobody would even consider talking about. Like, it's just like, if your, t- your team is a good player, you keep the player and a story, right? It's like, no matter where you're at, you just keep the player trying to sell tickets, whatever it is. We're, we live in such a like different time. Like, it's just about, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? It's, it's, it's this, the, the numbers game and which, which I don't mind at all. But the thing is like, it does, it, it, my brain says, okay, I can see, you know, where that makes sense. But you know, the yeah. emotional part of it is like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So it's like, right. it's a very, it's a very confusing time, but yeah. uh, all, all I'm doing it at the end of the day is just crossing my fingers and hoping they do the right move. Cause I think at the end of the day, Jed Hoyer is a great, you know, general manager, great baseball operations yeah. guy. So I think, you know, I think it, it'll be fine. And I think with these, these moves, these next couple of moves we're talking about yeah. uh, that I or that I wanted to talk about, you know, with Fran Mel Reyes, that I think that was a good move. The Cubs yeah, signed yeah. him or the Cubs uh, claimed him off waivers. Um, it's a good move. I mean, he's, he's basically just had one bad season. He's had a solid career this whole time and maybe he can run into some balls and, 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 and uh, you know, hit some bombs for us and, and we'll see him next year again too. So, you know, yeah. it would yeah. be cheap. But the one thing, obviously, that you mentioned before, and, and that's, you know, the big deal is that Jason Hayward uh, will not be part of the Cubs next year. Yeah. Um, he will be kept on the team as inactive for the rest of this season. Um, so we basically have seen the last game of Jason Hayward on the Cubs. Um, I, it, it, you know, no disrespect to Hayward whatsoever, but this is a positive, right? It's like, I think we're moving on from 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 the Hayward era. Um yeah. You know, unfortunately, just never worked out with the numbers. Yeah. Obviously, he was, you know, as a great person, they they loved him there. They loved him, his presence in the clubhouse. Yeah. People said that that's one of the main reasons he hadn't been released already, right? Yeah. Because they wanted him in the clubhouse to mold the young players, to help the young players. Yeah. You know, so he had an impact. You can't say yeah. he didn't have anything at all. But um, just from the numbers perspective, I mean, it was just rough, rough go. I mean, 700 OPS over seven seasons. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, a below 100 OPS plus, I think it was 85 uh, for the seven seasons. So, um, yeah, I think what this move says though, is that the Cubs are ready to move on and ready to, ready to do something, whether it be yeah. in the next year, yeah. whether it be in the 2024, um, they're going to have some money off the books. They're going to, um, you know, it's not going to affect the luxury tax. Obviously they will have to pay out Hayward, but it won't affect the luxury tax. But um, I think these, these are the types of moves that, you know, give me hope that we're moving in the right direction uh, sooner than uh, we all expect. Uh, what were your thoughts overall on, on, on both of those moves, but really mainly on the Hayward one? Yeah. And by the way, happy birthday, Jason Hayward today. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, God, it's painful to say. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, so when it would, so I understand it when it comes to that move, I, I do, I do, you know, offensively, there's been a lot of struggles. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, but you know, there were there 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 are a few seasons that that I, I looked at from Hayward, and I wasn't as disappointed as a lot of people were. Specifically, when I look at his 2017 to 2019 numbers, um, you know, not all that disappointed uh, with like an overall 260 batting average. You know, OPS, eh. <laughs> but I, you know, the strikeouts are kind of high as well, but drew, drew a lot of walks. I mean, defensively, he's always been great. Uh, I think, I think, you know, I think this move does make sense. This is one of those moves that did not 
work out as much as uh, we thought it would or hoped it would from an offensive standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint, you know, Jay Hayes, a, he, he's a hidden gem. Um, and also kind of like what I said about Tim Anderson, uh, but Jason Hayward has done a lot for the city of Chicago, building facilities for, you know, in areas for underprivileged children to, to having somewhere to go to whatever the community said, it is just, it's incredible what he's done for the city of Chicago, who he is as a person goes way beyond any numbers. And from like a business standpoint, from, you know, stats and everything, I understand it. I do understand this move right here. Um, so, I mean, for, I guess as a fan, I would just say thank you to, to Jason Hayward because he's, I'll, I'll say for me as a player, he, he, he inspired me uh, to speak my mind and, you know, uh, just, you know, just be a leader, be a leader in a sense and stand up for what's right um, and, you know, what it means to lead lead young young people and people that look up to you uh so you know it's it's tough i understand it from a from a, a business and player standpoint but you know uh you know i i hope he finds another team and finds success there if not uh stick around in chicago and keep doing great things for the city yeah it's it's like i what you you hear from a lot of the people too around the the team is he never stopped trying to earn that deal like he he worked every day it's like people are like man is this guy not trying like you just hear the, the, the chatter on twitter and it's like this guy's not trying well you know what is he doing no, no like yeah. they made it clear like he worked hard every day to earn that you you don't think he was sitting there sometimes probably like man i got this deal and these numbers are just not showing up what am i doing uh, yeah. obviously right it's just like it's a human yeah. thing obviously yeah. he's gonna sit there and think these things but but what he did was work hard get <laughs> through it and, you know, he and, and the thing is, too, is that he's he's not uh, like uh, his career is not over. He's going to I think he's still going to make an impact on another team, whether Absolutely. it be like, you know, as off the bench or, or you know, defensive replacement or whatever, starting whatever it is. He, he yeah. has a, still a lot of value left on him for as a complimentary piece on a winning team. So if he can go somewhere and, you know, the experience he has is unreal um, from his whole career. Uh, from winning World Series to, to to being one of the best rookies back in the day, you know it's he'll definitely make that impact uh, wherever he goes, and um, you know we wish him nothing but the best, you know, because he yeah. definitely um, uh, from from a lot of aspects uh, made a positive impact in the city of Chicago. So yeah, um, definitely uh, wish wish him wish him well. Um, the Cubs also they uh, they have uh, two more games against the Nationals. They played last night uh, and won. Uh, Christopher Morrell with a big home run, uh, Nelson Velasquez as well. Um, and they have two more against the Nats and then three uh, at Cincinnati, one being the Field of Dreams game. So the, the Field of Dreams game uh, is on Thursday, um, and the jerseys came out. Uh, I don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts on those, just like, what you know, with the looks that they went um, for that game. Yeah, you know, I think I think those jerseys are cool. I've I've always uh, I've always you know seen those those classic old styles. Specifically, I'm very familiar with the ones that the Cubs are wearing. Um, I like the hat a lot. Uh, I think I like it. I like it um, for for both sides. So, you know, it, it makes sense. It's a very classical style game, obviously, from the movie and, with, and the impact that it had. Um, <laughs> I think it, I think it's pretty awesome that the Cubs like. They're getting like these specific event games, regardless of how much that they've been struggling. Like, you know, next year they'll be in London playing. I will be there. I will be at that game. I am going. 
There's there's no question about that. I I love London. I love the UK so much. I've been there. I've been there literally twice, but it, it's amazing. I, I have friends there, and it, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, I like it. I like I like this. You know, kind of like a spotlight game. These are two teams that are virtually the same. So you know, it, 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 this could be a very competitive game because these are two teams that are very very similar. So you know, I like the jerseys. I like I like the matchup. It really isn't lopsided, so it can be entertaining. Yeah, no, yeah, it's that that, that also that London that yeah, London series is gonna be sick. I mean, playing the Cardinals in London, um, uh, and that yeah, that'll be a spectacle. Uh, just as we've seen, like when the Red Sox and Yankees played there, yeah. uh, pe- people showed up. So it'd be pre- yeah, it'd be pretty dope. Uh, we need that vlog right there, Miles. You know, like uh, at bat at bat vlog takes London type. Oh stuff yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook us up with that. Don't worry. Gotcha. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, this field of dreams game. It's it's nice for the Cubs. To, you know, it, it's it's obviously you know you, everyone's like, oh man, these are two you know t- bad teams. Like, why are you putting them? In? But it, it, hey, you know what? If they're not playing in October, at least they have something to cheer for, something to, positive uh, to play these games and and enjoy. I mean, we saw what happened last year with the Yankees and White Sox. It was a great game. So yeah. hopefully, uh, the Cubs and the Reds could could also you know uh, put some balls into in, into the corn into the yeah, cornfields. Yeah exactly so, all right so we'll move on from there like i said the cubs uh are 44 and 64 um and they uh will play two against the nets and then three against the reds uh we'll finish off with around the league and uh, a couple a couple of notes there um the mets uh just proved why they are the team to beat in the nl east uh with uh a four out of five game series win uh, DeGrom came back home and Kate a dozen Braves. Um, look, I didn't pick the Mets to win the division. I said the Braves were going to win. Um, and this series, um, I said, was going to be pivotal. It was going to be really important to how this plays out. And the Braves had a huge opportunity to really put a stamp on their season to give themselves a shot to win the division. And this really put a big, big blow in them. Like this – the fact that, you know, we're less than two months away from the postseason um, and they're seven games back, uh, the Mets with no signs of slowing down. Uh, what do you think this means? And, and do you think the, the, do you think that the Mets have it have it wrapped up in the NL East? I think I think it's looking pretty good for the Mets right now. Uh, you take care of a very big uh, opponent in your division. Uh, pretty much manhandle them throughout the entire series. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's looking good for them. Uh, you know, you got the drawn back, uh, Scherzer's pitching great, and everything offensively. I don't even know where to start with this team offensively. It's just, it's just been it's been it's been a party. It's been a party in New York. Um, very proud of the Mets. And like I said, I said this from the beginning. Just keep the keep that other stuff just away. Because this team has always been built so great at the beginning of each year. I don't see why they haven't been doing this for a few seasons now. So I'm loving it. I've always, I've always rooted for the Mets. I love seeing them get this success. Um, I love the impact that, that Vogelbach has had on this team, hitting 333 with 13 hits and, and 39. Like, come on, man. Are, are you kidding me? Uh, so, you know. I just, I just want to see them, you know, continue to 
play with confidence, play, having fun. Stalling Marte, he's been incredible. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, like I, I can go on and on. And even though Francisco Lindor isn't having like an all-star year, he's having a very much improved year. So I'm loving it. I'm loving everything the Mets are doing right now. They're clicking on all cylinders. And I, I think they pretty much have this in the bag, but you know, you still got the rest of August and you still got September and anything can happen. But I think with DeGrom back, they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's a giant, you know, deal, them getting DeGrom back and yeah. having Scherzer now. I mean, that's just a, a lethal one-two punch, and that's going to be a big deal for, you know, the postseason um, yeah. and, and and going forward. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, that race uh, is slowly but surely leaning towards the Mets. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting regardless the way uh, that's going to shape out. Another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, – <clears throat> man <clears throat> my goodness hold on <laughs> you're good bro welcome to my end <laughs> for real that's what you got if this bro if this happens in the robert flores thing i'm gonna be so pissed <clears throat> you're all good you're all good <clears throat> definitely gonna oh my <clears throat> I'll come with you next time. <laughs> 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 oh God. It's uh I saw your friends jumping in the water and stuff. And oh my god, I see pictures of you on the boat with sunglasses and the hair. Dude. <laughs> my call is a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was it was wild, bro. But <laughs> I'll definitely tell you with all the details sometimes for sure. I mean, yeah, you gotta, yeah. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let you know. It's, it's, it's yeah. it was crazy, but all right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's going to be uh, interesting the way this NL East race, uh, you know, ends up looking at by the end of uh, September. Another thing I wanted to talk about uh, before we go is, uh, is the news that just broke and no pun intended there. A few uh, hours ago, Chris Sale fractured his wrist after falling off a bike. Um, I mean, that just, you can't make this stuff up. Chris Sale has had these freak injuries just, at, you know, time after time. And the, so the Red Sox aren't look, looking like they're not going anywhere postseason or anything. If they did, it'd be a wild card spot. And it, I don't think that's going to happen with how stacked the AL, AL is. Um, I mean, they're four and a half games back. Possibility still there, but they have a lot of you know kinks in their armor. I don't think that's going to happen. This one, putting Chris Sale out for the season uh, with with the fractured wrist is just enormous. Uh, what are your what What are your thoughts on that? I'm sure you have a, a good amount of thoughts on that. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Chris Sale. It feels like it feels like he's just been nothing but injured for the past however however long it's been. Um, I think his total this year is five and two thirds innings pitched. Um, I've I've always been a very big Chris Sale fan. Um, I think I think that there's so much. He he's so nasty from the left side of the plate, and I just it, if if I'm him, I'm probably not gonna be riding my bike around, especially with like my history in terms of injuries. Um, 
it's so unfortunate. It's, it's the Red Sox fans give them something to feel good about this year because this has been this year has really been a tragedy. I thought this team was going to be much more competitive than they've been. So when you see stuff like this happen to Chris Dale, you're just like, you know, kick a man while he's down, kick a team while he's down already because this is this is it's unfortunate. So I'm I'm wishing him a speedy recovery, but at the same time, I think. You could be a little bit, you know, more aware of what we're doing at times. Um, but, you know, hopefully he's, you know, hopefully he's able to come back next year stronger. But I think the Red Sox have a little bit of reevaluating to do in terms of what they want to do with him and how they're going to play next year. Um, but I know there's a lot that goes into that in terms of contracts and all kinds of agreements. So, you know, I think they should keep that in mind because I'm curious to see how they approach this entire team going next year and this plays a very large part in it so you know very curious to see how the Red Sox decide to move yeah and I mean it really kind of defines their season um it just didn't go the way they wanted it to go and the way they thought it would go um but it's just classic Red Sox though right am I right I mean it's like they'll they'll be out of it this year and somehow they'll find themselves in the World Series next year so it's just uh exactly what they've done um in the 21st century um and it, stuff like this is going to continue to happen um unfortunately but i think they'll find a way through it and uh, even if it's not this year um i think they'll be you know they have a great front office they'll, they'll get it done uh there um all right so that'll end it for the segment for around the league uh now we're going to move on to the interview portion of the uh podcast where we talk with robert flores from mlb network here we go all right, welcome to the interview portion of the At Bat Baseball Podcast. Uh, you can see our next guest on MLB Network, where uh, you can see him on shows like MLB Central. And uh, I, as, as well as Miles, I'm sure did, uh, saw him on SportsCenter growing up. Uh, it's Robert Flores. Thanks for coming on, man. It means a lot. Saul, Miles, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, really good, really good. And like I said, like I said awesome. before we came on, man, like this is the infancy. We're like, this podcast is super young, so this is our 19th episode, so it's really oh, cool. Good. We could have you on for sure. Like any type of guest is a plus, but having someone like yourself is uh, is pretty, oh, pretty. Thanks. Good luck. Awesome. Good luck with the podcast. Congratulations. No, thanks. Thank you, Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you very much. Uh, so we'll get right into it, man. So uh, obviously we're a podcast uh, located in Chicago. Uh, we kind of want yeah. your take on the Sox and the Cubs. I mean, it's it's been a lot of drama, a lot of stuff going on with these two teams, right. uh, whether it be the losing team in the Cubs or just the team that's been inconsistent all year with the White Sox. So um, obviously, uh, the Sox will have a chance to make it to October, but kind of what's your, what's your take on, on Chicago baseball as, as it stands? Well, it, it's interesting. I, I still don't understand why the Cubs are in this position. Uh, when you consider the, um, the resources that they have, uh, at their disposal, the amount of, um, revenue that is generated, the talent that was once there in that franchise. Um, I, I, I just don't understand it. I still don't understand, um, you know, obviously there was a, a tremendous core group of players that left. I don't, um, yeah, I, I, I would love to know the inner workings of, of how that all went down because I don't understand how you can't um, maybe at least to keep, found a way to keep one of them. Um, with that being said, uh, maybe Wilson Contreras is the guy that they get an extension to. That seems to me a, a player uh, worthy to build around. Um, but they still have a long way to go. Their system probably isn't where they would like it to be. 
Um, so this, I, I think they're not quite out of the woods yet. As for the White Sox, that's another strange one. I, I don't know. And I don't think anyone except in that clubhouse knows for sure why the season has been going the way it has. I think injuries have played a large part, certainly, but there's something something missing there. And I, I think it's just speculation for anyone outside the clubhouse to give their opinion. We don't really know for sure. And maybe the players within the clubhouse don't really know for sure. Sometimes it, it just doesn't work out, but there's still time. Uh, there's still a lot of talent in that room and maybe they find a way to catch fire. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great point. Uh, you know, obviously we figured out that Tim Edison recently has gone down for four to six weeks. Um, and do you feel that maybe there could have been some sort of move or some sort of more impactful move that they, they could have made at the deadline? Or do you think they were you know pretty complacent and comfortable with what they have right now, especially considering the you know success they had last year, yeah. the postseason run that they made? I, I think it was probably, um, I wonder if it was a sense of, you know, look, if we could just play like ourselves and play up to our capabilities, that's almost like adding a uh, some de facto pieces at the deadline. I, I think they have more than enough to to win that division. Now, do I think that they can win the World Series? Do I think that they can come out of the American League uh, and win the pennant? I don't. Um, I would still slot them behind the Astros and the Yankees, who I think are the, the class of the American League. Now, we've seen numerous times. I mean, take, for instance, what happened last year in Atlanta. It was around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, that the Braves caught fire and uh, went all the way to the World Series and couldn't be stopped. Maybe the Chicago White Sox have that kind of run in them. I don't know. The talent would suggest that that possibility is there. Um, but look, they've got to get out of their of their division first. Yeah, and, and kind of as you said before, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make sense to us that we're in workhouse fans, right? But the fact that how they have handled yeah. uh, this this whole situation, as you said, obviously Wilson might be that guy that they extend, um, or whether it be him or Hap or whatever it, it may be. A lot of the rumors are they're going to go for a big shortstop in the offseason. Um, does that make sense to you, or do you think that they're still that they, they that they should wait another year? Um, as you said, again, the 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 prospects are not where they where they would want them to be at yeah. the moment. Um, is it something that you think they should wait another year for, or or, or hey, maybe they they catch fire somehow? Um, you know, I they they don't as presently constructed that. I mean, that ain't it. I mean, it's just, it's just not, um, but look, it, the Cubs, I think are in the unique spot where, because they have a lot of resources, they have money to spend. They have the ability to be aggressive. So I think they can kind of do two things at one time. They can be aggressive in the free agent market while at the same time trying to improve their farm system. So yeah, going after a, a shortstop, Probably wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Try to fortify that uh, uh, anything in the pitching, starting rotation, bullpen, any anything. Um, so I, I think that they th- this should not be a prolonged rebuild. For, I mean, first of all, I can't even say believe I'm saying that with with the Cubs, considering you know the current circumstances that they find themselves in. A tremendous fan base, a uh, uh, a stadium and neighborhood that is constantly filled. So they have a lot going for them where they should not be in this position for very long. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I grew I grew up a block away from Wrigley, uh, and so you know, I, <laughs> the Cubs the Cubs are my heart and soul. Um, and so it's I think it's interesting that you say that. Are there any pieces that you look at right now on that Cubs roster? Maybe Nico Horner, maybe Ian Happ, Christopher Morrell. Are there any of those guys that you think can be like really you know key cornerstones in like developing yeah. this team? I think one of the guys you just mentioned, I like Christopher Morrell. I, I like the energy he brings. He puts the ball in play. Um, he's just got something about him. And um, I, I don't know how good he's going to be. Is he going to be a superstar in the game? I, I don't know. But I think be, he can be an important part, uh, an important piece of a winning team moving forward. Um, just to see the way his teammates resp respond to him. And he's a really good player. So I, I like Christopher Morrell. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I really like Wilson Contreras, uh, also. So there, there's some good things there. They just need to find more of them moving forward. Yeah. And the thing is like, they have, the, they have a lot of young pieces that they could add big free agents to, but it's, it's just, yeah, still a puzzling situation. Uh, and, uh, hopefully they can figure out sooner rather than later. And hopefully the white Sox are able to make a run. Cause that's, you know, I think it'd be great for the city in general, having a team like that. Uh, and especially, hey, maybe Tim Anderson getting injured is, you know, a little bit of like a, 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 an inspiration. They'll be able to make a run like that. Uh, Robert, besides uh, being a t great TV show host, you're also one of the biggest Houston Astros fans, which, yeah. I, which I will say I appreciate how much you show your passion for them because I feel like growing up, like, uh, you see a lot of broadcasters. It's almost like taboo to talk about your team. It's like, oh wait, yeah. the guys you're not supposed to talk about the team that you like, whatever. So I do, I do appreciate that. So how do you, how do you uh, evaluate the season? They're obviously one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball. Um, right. How do you evaluate the season, especially after their trade deadline moves, like for guys like Mancini and uh, and Vasquez? Yeah, I, I think that they really improved. Um, I, I would have preferred if they had gotten Josh Bell just mm -hmm. to help balance out that lineup a little bit. You can be a little bit right-handed heavy, but look, Trey Mancini is a pro's pro. He's obviously one of the most respected dudes uh, in all of Major League Baseball. Um, yeah, I, I, I also like the uh, them getting a left-hander. Look, Will Smith has struggled at times mm -hmm. this season, um, but the Astros saw up close and personal just how good he can be when he's right. I mean, he was a part of that bullpen that won the World Series that beat the Astros last year. Um, look, I, I think it's fair to say it's either the Yankees or the Astros coming out of the American League. As far as who wins it all, I, I, look, it, it's, it's a group of teams for me. The Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, the Astros, the Yankees. So that's five right there. Where do the Padres fit in there? I mean, the Padres, first of all, they got to figure out how to beat the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, it, it, you just can't just keep getting thumped by the Dodgers over and over and over again. Uh, we saw that last weekend. Uh, the Juan Soto acquisition is seismic. The return of Fernando Tatis should help. But what's he going to look like? We don't know. Um, so you're throwing him basically right into the middle of a pennant race, and he's just basically finishing spring training. So that's going to be interesting. So, uh, you know, for me, it's that group of six teams. And, you know, just throw them up in the air, and depending on which day, uh, it, it's just going to depend on, on who's going to ultimately rate, uh, hoist that trophy at the end. It's just all about like it always is who gets hot, who's going to make plays, who's going to make the right pitches with bases with men on base late in the game. That's what it always comes down to. And that's what it's going to come down to uh, this fall. You know what? I, it's, I think, uh, I think that's, that's a great point. So I really want to know, you know, kind of going back to the Yankees coming off of a very, 
incredible weekend of baseball against the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals pretty much taking care of business at home, which I thought was incredible. Now, mm -hmm. coming off of that series, you know, along with the addition of Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana, do you yeah. think that the Cardinals are a team to also kind of keep an eye out for? Because offensively, I've always said that the Cardinals are incredible. They should be one of the best teams in the MLB. Do you think that this is a team that can kind of come out of the woodworks right now? I mean, it, they could be. That would be a they would be a dark horse National League uh, pennant contender for me. I still have them a little bit below that group of, like I said, uh, Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Padres, and then I would have the Cardinals right below them. But look, uh, sweeping the Yankees—that's no easy feat. Um, I, I, I was surprised by the by the Jordan Montgomery move. Um, I, they certainly could have been, and I think they were in on the Juan Soto. Uh, conversations. They certainly have a lot of talent, both at the major league and minor league level, where they could have enticed Mike Rizzo to make that deal, but that didn't happen. Uh, that being said, you got two MVP candidates in the corners in Arenado and Goldschmidt. You got a future Hall of Famer in Yadier Molina. And um, boy, it, it would really help them if, um, if Jack Flaherty was right. Um, that would really, really help them. Um, but but with that being said, like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, right now the Dodgers are playing like they're the best team in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. So so maybe it doesn't matter. Um, but look, not every team is perfect. Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw's out, um, but they're getting Dustin May back. Walker Bueller's going to come back. So th this is definitely a a formidable uh, team in the Los Angeles Dodgers where the, the, the NL pennant might be going through L.A. again. You know, yeah, that makes some great points there. I mean. Robert, we'll leave you with one last question. Now, this I think a lot of people are talking about this with the MVP race, the AL MVP race. Now, uh, I wanted to get your take on who you think is going to be the MVP in the AL. Is it as easy to say it's going to be Otani or Judge, or are we missing out, or who do you think is going to win the MVP this year? Yeah, I think it's Aaron Judge at this yeah. point. Um, uh, Otani, look, uh, you can make the case. I mean, moving forward, you could give it to him every year if he's going to do mm -hmm. it like this. Uh, I mean, I think we had the comparison that he's hitting like Matt Olson and he's pitching like uh, Frankie Montas, uh, not the Frankie Montas we saw on Sunday, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <not> like <laughs> the one that was pitching in Oakland. Um, so he certainly has a strong case. Jordan Alvarez has had a tremendous season, but for yeah. me, it's still Aaron Judge. No, yeah, and, and Astros did a great job of retaining Jordan Alvarez. I mean, that contract, I feel like it feels like a steal with how good that guy is and, and his age yeah. and all that. So, yeah. So, Robert, thanks for coming on, man. Like I said, really appreciate you. You didn't have to do this. Really appreciate you coming on, especially you're under the weather. You let us know and, uh, you know, appreciate you, you know, pushing through. And uh, we'd like to have you on some other time, man. I really, really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for having me and good luck with the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank no, you. yeah. Thanks thank so much, you. man. All right. Thank you. You got it.